everyone, and welcome to Isless Episode 7. Today is a little bit of a non-traditional episode. We won't have the cast today. Today is about talking about the show. My name is Veronica Ripley. I'm the creator of Isless, and I'm so happy to get the chance to talk to you, chat one-on-one. -on -one. If you're listening to this episode on uh, pre-recorded on a VOD somewhere, on YouTube or some podcast, just know that we do these episodes every Friday at noon Pacific uh, here at twitch.tv slash fablescraps. Um, it's very easy to just check us out. It's twitch.tv slash fablescraps. Uh, or you can find us on social media and we talk about it incessantly on social media. So. I want to give a big thank you to everyone who has been supporting us today. We've been streaming all day long with some recap episodes. So big thanks to Sandrock for the sweet sub, Ludicon for your sub, uh, and all of the follows, all of your incredible follows. Look at all of these follows. That's, a, that's amazing. Um, I wanted to talk today a little bit about the show um, and kind of a, a little bit about uh, what we've been up to behind the scenes because, um, because it has been... A lot. <laughs> so, uh, without further... Yes, we are live. Yeah, hi, Nen. Good to see you. Welcome. Uh, without further ado, uh, I just want to mention uh, that I'm very, very thankful to all of our cast who aren't here today, uh, because today is a, a little bit of a non-traditional episode. Um, but I am so proud of all of our cast members. Uh, Candice the Magnificent, Domestic Dan, Chelsea Bites, and Technique are phenomenal role players and uh, just, just really, really good at working together and solving problems. So please go follow all of these lovely role players. Uh, they deserve your support and uh, and your subscriptions. I think they're all Twitch streamers, so go check them out. Uh, Isless has been a project in the making for uh, well over a year now. Uh, it started last year when uh, we started seeing a lot of bad press with some other tabletop role play companies. <laughs> shall remain nameless uh we're getting a ton of bad press and so a bunch of friends of mine and i we all got together and we wanted to uh we wanted to write our own ttrpg we wanted something uh that was that was sort of similar in in style to some of those more popular ttrpgs already established but we wanted something that wasn't beholden to the whims and and fanciful f flights of fancy of some nameless corporation and so to that end, uh, we wrote Isless, and Isless is sort of a send-up of faceless corporations. <laughs> There's a lot of criticism in the world of Isless uh, that, that relates uh, however adjacently or however blatantly to, uh, to real life, and I challenge all of you to find it. Cast is incredible for real, really enjoy uh, their playing off one another. Yeah, 100%. They're, uh, they're phenomenal role players. I mean, they're all very experienced people, too. Like, they're very... They've been, it's not their first rodeo. <laughs> um, I'm in a show with tech, with uh, Technique and Dan uh, on another channel, actually, right now. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's great. Um, even the ones that perished prematurely. We don't know if Urban Bohemian's character, Pawn, perished. We don't know if Pawn perished or not. Pawn panicked and ran away. And maybe Pawn will be back. Who knows? Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about today is that um, this is not going to matter as much to the vodcats out there but um but right now this very weekend is, is pax west so i uh veronica ripley will be out at pax west this weekend running games of isless in real life so if you uh if you would like to play isless with me 
uh, at PAX, just sign up for those uh, for those sessions, and I'll be there for two days. I'll be there Saturday and Sunday running Islas in person, live. Matt will be there too. The writer for the campaign will be there too. So you'll be able to ask us questions and uh, talk about the show if you like. Uh, in order to run those games, I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be using our free quick play guide. This is a free PDF that we have available on our website at fablescraps.com. Anyone can download this for free. All you got to do is uh, sign up for the newsletter and you'll get this free quick play. Oh, where where are you? There it is. <laughs> you'll get this free quick play guide. Uh, it's full color. It's got tons of cool artwork. It's just beautiful. So um, our artist, Lauren Colt, is just outstanding and actually helped so much with the system. Uh, just an outstanding individual uh we have some lore we've got rules um we've got all kinds of cool stuff here we've even got uh toward the end of this document we've even got some uh pre-generated characters so you don't even have to like create a character there's pre-generated characters here there's here's one called blotty the prowler we actually had blotty this character in uh islas in season one uh, in a few episodes back played by uh played by benny played by benny Gay. Uh, so there are these pre-generated characters. We have a short encounter, like a little mini campaign for you to run. Uh, this is all for free. Like, you don't have to pay any money for this. It's just at fablescraps.com. And if you like what you're seeing here, if you like the work that we've done, uh, we are hard at work creating a full core rulebook. Uh, we are so hardcore about this book. <laughs> we've been writing it for over a year there's so much here, you guys. There's tons of artwork and lore and rules and lore and artwork. <laughs> There's so much. Uh, so we've been really hard at work on this, and we want to bring it to the to a wider audience. Like we want to be able to show off Islas the One E, the full core rulebook, at game stores. We want to be able to show it off at conventions. We want to be able to run printed copies of it. And in order to do that. We set up a Kickstarter. Our Kickstarter today just broke 5K, which is amazing. I am so incredibly proud of everyone involved in this. All of the people who worked on Islas and all of the people who've supported it so far. And if you are interested in supporting Islas, one of the best ways to do that right now is by heading over to that Kickstarter and Kickstartering it. Uh, a big thank you to everybody who's done so. That's awesome. Uh, we also have a ton of information in our Discord. There's a whole Discord community for Fable Scraps. We don't just run Islas. Islas is our original game, but we have other games as well. We're spinning up a few new ones this month, so be on the lookout for those. And if you want information about those, check out the Discord. Subscribers to our Twitch channel get some special channels in the Discord where they can see some sneak peeks and upcoming stuff. We've also got an exclusive podcast available. Uh, every show after the show, after we end, after we wrap our show, we do a little post-show interview with our cast. And it's like a tiny little podcast. And those are available on our merch store at merch.fablescraps.com, along with like a ton of cool merch. So there's like bowling shirts and mugs and posters and stuff, and it's awesome. But if you become a member of our merch store, basically if you support us with a subscription, you'll gain access to those but we call them Le call the leftovers podcast. Uh, I'm very excited about it. I think it's great. So uh, be sure to check that out, especially if you're interested in Islas, because that's what we've got up there right now. When we start doing other shows, we'll have other uh, podcasts up there as well. 
our discord server allows you to have some special q a's with me and the cast and matt the writer and uh and everyone involved in islis so check out the discord I wanted to talk a little bit today about some of the lore involving Islis. Uh, we've seen up in the show, up to the point where we ended just last week, we've seen a lot of Arcadia Farms. And Arcadia Farms is a super interesting place. And I, if I can just talk about it really quickly, Arcadia Farms is, is based on some real life stuff that happened. There's There were, uh, and probably still are, a number of company towns. And if you're not familiar with the concept, it's literally just that a company runs a town and it's terrifying like a, a corporation can institute their own form of of currency called company script and they have that in arcadia farms there's no like there's no currency allowed in arcadia farms it's just company script the vouchers <laughs> uh, arcadia farms is based on a real place uh spreckles california used to be a uh, a company town and it and like Decades later, uh, it still suffers from that uh, from that dark stain on its history of being owned, operated, and uh, just thoroughly subjugated by a corporation. So I wanted to bring a little bit of that into Islis because it makes sense that the you know that the Kassat would have a, a, a company town to keep humans in line. Uh, but Arcadia Farms really represents only the, the the tiniest little bit of the plate lands. Here is a image of the player map for Jalasra. Jalasra is a huge region on the western side of the continent of Islis, and it really only comprises about a third of the western shores. Uh, scratch that, a fourth of the western shores. Um, so there's a lot here. Uh, there's, uh, there's like a kind of a frigid sort of northern region. There's more of like a temperate sort of swamp region over here called the Razmire. Further south, it starts to get a little warmer, a little rockier. Uh, and we've even got like a little coast over here. So the party right now is in this place, uh, Arcadia Farms. And Arcadia Farms is that company town we talked about. They're, uh, they're owned and operated by several corporations that serve really just to keep, <laughs> to keep humans in line and, and making agriculture and, and producing food for humans and for Kassat. Uh, <clears throat> we have a ton of lore related to this region right over here. Uh, Cowards Pass, which is very close to Arcadia Farms. There's this uh, irrigation. The, the eagle-eyed observers of you may notice that this uh, looks a little bit like man-made. This is an irrigation like canal, an aqueduct that was built from Baldwin's Folly, this, uh, this, this lake over here, all the way to Arcadia Farms to irrigate it. In the lore, there was a, there was a, a rebellion uh, led by a human called Baldwin. And Baldwin, uh, th there's not a whole lot known within the, with, within the, the context of the game uh, about Baldwin because history is written by the winners, but um, but metagaming the Baldwin led a rebellion Humans started to rally behind it the Kassat wanted to shut it down So they set out to kill Baldwin and Baldwin led the Kassat on a uh, uh, the, the 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 royal legion from Shazal led them on a, a big chase through cowards pass uh, they killed Baldwin and his lieutenant, Reed, staged a, uh, a last-ditch effort to hold everyone out in Coward's Pass. Reed was eventually sold out 
by a human called Carol, who was given a uh, uh, a little keep over here, a little fort all to themselves. <laughs> so there's like a ton of lore related to this particular region right here. Um, it's it's pretty it's pretty lore rich, uh, and the 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 geography of this place is pretty interesting too. This is a this is a much higher elevation. You know, it's kind of rocky. It may be a little snowy sometimes. Uh, it's kind of sharp and dangerous and all kinds of weird stuff lives out here. Like we talked about the preserve over here in Arcadia Farms and they mentioned that the Western River King, right? That big, like weird crocodile thing lives out in the preserve in Arcadia Farms. But like the nearest swamp is a ways away here in the Razmire. So, uh, so that thing had to have been imported, you know? We've got uh, Shazal here. This is the capital. They're actually pretty close to the capital of uh, of the Platelands. Shazal is the uh, is the the location of the queen of the royal plates. Uh, how the government in Islas kind of works is that um, there is a there's one queen, and the rest of these cities we call them districts in Islas. The rest of these districts are governed by their own kind of little. It's like a little fiefdom. Uh, by the equivalent of like duchesses who uh, who kind of hold dominion over their own little their own little districts. Chazarut, Joan, Lemeret, Last Husk. Last Husk is really fun too. There's a ton of great lore for Last Husk. Um, and every one of these districts has slightly different Kassat. Uh, they're not all the same. For instance, the the Kassat from Shasal are uh, are much uh, beefier. They're like stronger. They're more uh, they're more like precise. Like they they evolved specifically to subjugate. Like they're so they're they're like the biologically perfect organism to subjugate other species of Kassat. Uh, the design for them was based on a type of ant that just subjugates other ants. Like they don't actually produce any of their own babies. They just like go and steal other babies from other ants. And this is actually a thing that happens in real life. And it's something that happens in Islas too. The, the, the Kassat from Shazal, the Altless Kassat. Every year there's a, there's a procession and it's a, uh, and it's a, uh, a, a royal event. All of the, uh, once, a, once a year, all of the, uh, all of the, the duchesses from all of the other cities, the other districts in Islas send a, a, an offering of their, of their young out to uh, to Shazal for the for the queen to uh, to raise herself. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, because all of the different districts are like a little bit different, some of them end up with Kassat that are like highly specialized. So the Kassat that are from Shazal that are from the capital are, are specialized at, you know, at like subjugating other Kassat. But the Kassat from a place like Lemeret are thoroughly different. The, the, the Kassat who own and operate this massive in, uh, university city, this like this industrial mad scientist steampunk style city are kind of looked on by other Kassat as like dreamers or like intellectuals. Uh, they're not really like the <laughs> none of the other Kassat think they're cool. <laughs> they're basically uh, they're basically just just dreamers. 
we have a whole lot of stuff written about these guys, and I think they're very fun. So, um, so all the Kassat from Lemeret are 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 basically scholars. Like they they're responsible for uh, medical advancements and scientific discoveries. They they test out technologies in Lemeret before they end up in a in the capital of Shazal. Lemeret was the first city to uh, to start use, utilizing subterranean like sewers. The uh, the Kassat from Lemeret are just uh, are just like a little bit thinner, like a little more spindly, like a little more a little more uh, a little more like I don't know how I how I would like describe the the look of them, but they're I, I I don't know how to describe them because we have one already done, like the artwork for one already done, and I I like I'm sorry for those of you who are listening on podcasts. It's just it's very difficult for me to put this image into words. I'll pull it up here in a second. Uh, I guess if I had to describe it, I would just say it's it's kind of the worst. Um, <laughs> very wiry, very serpentine. Very uh, spindly. They like dressing in fancy clothes. They have exotic textiles, and they're very, uh, just very spindly and gross. I, I don't know how else to describe them. Kassat textiles are pretty important to their culture. Obviously, they're arachnid-type creatures, and they're able to spin these incredible textiles that just boggle the mind with their abilities and 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 uh, properties. But they're also very fashionable. Like, look at look at this cassette, how fashionable it is. <laughs> the size of a cassette, they're roughly twice the size of a human. They definitely tower over humans. Uh, I think it very varies cassette to cassette, but the scholars are sl- on the slightly smaller end of, uh, of of the size of in general of the, the rest of the species. So yeah, these are the. Uh, these are the the scholars from from Lemeret. We call them uh, we call them the intellectual class. They're uh, Dezla, the greater nobles. <laughs> they have like a very strict social hierarchy as well because they're so intellectually minded. They they tend to become uh, very they, they sit very rigidly in a social caste. And so there are Kassat here who are like considered no nobility, and there are Kassat here who are considered just intellectuals. But all of them sit far above in the social caste to humans. Humans are kind of the the the, the bottom of the rung everywhere in the Platelands, but particularly in <laughs> in Lemeret. They're like Skeksis. Oh yeah, okay, sure, I can see that. Like an exalted spider priest. <laughs> the Kassat don't uh, don't appreciate religion the same way that the other sentient species of Islas do. We have another species called the Tisk, who are the the, the the players haven't met Tisk yet. They haven't had the opportunity uh, to meet any Tisk, but the Tisk are kind of the the really religious ones. And when we get into Tisk stuff, it's it's gonna be pretty. Pretty religious. Here's a uh, 
here's a little image of the tisk. They're they stand very tall as well. They're the only other real like successful mammal in Islis. <laughs> they're just super fast and dangerous. They have big jaws. They eat meat. They're, they're obligate carnivores. There's a ton of different types of of tisk as well. But one of the, the big hallmarks of this species is just that they're extremely prone to religion. They're like very social creatures. And as a sentient species, they just, they adhere very strongly to religious traditions and beliefs. And as it happens, so do humans. So there's a lot of humans in Tisk churches. The Kassat see it as an affront to their power. So the Kassat don't necessarily adhere to any strong religion because they don't want to they don't want to be perceived as religious and they don't want to give the tisk like a religious foothold in the plate lands because they think it would like usurp their power. The sentient species of Islis are are pretty unique. Um, we haven't touched on at all the Lacertians, and we're going to save those ones uh, just for a little while longer. I'm I'm very happy with uh, with how we're working on the Lacertians. But yeah, the 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 cast has talked about the Lacertians before because just south of the Platelands, just south of here, are kind of the contested Platelands. There's a a land just south of Jalazra that's uh, that's the that the Kassad only hold it by in name only. The 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 Kassad want desperately to exert control over the the land south of here, and they're contested at the moment. The the Lacertian holds are not like a super strong, strongly like tight knit group. They're mostly, uh, how would you describe this? They're mostly uh, independent of each other. And so there's a, there, there can vary quite a bit between like the, the cultural norms of like one Lacertian hold to another. But generally speaking, they're extremely brutal and hate the Kassad. <laughs> So some humans get conscripted, like Pippet's character, uh, Pippet, uh, Chelsea Bice's character, was conscripted by the Kassat and sent down into the south. And the Kassat don't actually show any images to humans of the Lacertians because it's believed if they, if they showed humans like what the Lacertians look like, they wouldn't want to go. <laughs> so the Lacertians are, are terrifying. Um, and I love it. But the Kassat in the Platelands have a completely unique look based on whatever city they're from. So we've talked a little bit about Lemeret and Shasal. Uh, Last Husk, the, the, the Kassat from Last Husk are really fun. This is a city that was established in this, up this, this cliff, these mountains up here in the high elevation in the north. So it's pretty cold. So most Kassat like really couldn't live here very well. Uh, except for the Kassat from Last Husk. And these guys are just perfectly adapted <laughs> to living in, in holes and caves in Last Husk. Uh, these guys are really fun. Their city of Last Husk was, was established purely as a staging ground for hunts, where the Kassat would yearly, they would venture into the Tarkatlas forest to the east, out, uh, out here in the Tarkatlis. It's not on this map. It's uh, just over this mountain range, over the Durstan Mountains. There's a, a massive forest where the Tisk call home. And every year, the Kassat would send 
huge numbers of soldiers out into the Tarkatlas forest and capture as many Tisk as they could alive and drag them back to the Platelands and bring them to Last Husk. Because it's a little colder up here, they could preserve the bodies in the cocoons just like a little bit longer. And so they've figured out how to like ferment Tisk <laughs> and survive out here in Last Husk. And that's uh, that's these guys. So I'm very pleased with uh, with Last Husk and and the and the, the Kassad who live there. They're really fun. Hi everyone, my name is Nicotine. I'm the creator of Islis, and I'm very happy to have you here. Uh, I also help run the Fable Scrabs Twitch channel and our Discord. If you have not yet done so, be sure to join our Discord because we have tons of people in there who are all excited about TTRPGs and excited about Islis shows, or excuse me, uh, Fable Scrabs shows like Islis. Uh, and some of our other shows too. So come on down, check it out. It's fablescraps.com slash discord. And you can be a part of our sweet little community. We have fan art and all kinds of cool stuff. Subscribers to our Twitch channel get special sneak peeks of our upcoming content there at the discord. And if you're interested in content, check out our merch store because you can become a member of our merch store for a small, small monthly fee you can get access to exclusive Fable Scraps content like our Leftovers podcast, which we film after every episode, where we give a little a little commentary, a little, a little flavor to all the things we've done that day. So check it out at merch.fablescraps.com and check out our Discord at fablescraps.com slash Discord. I want also to talk about our Kickstarter. I know I've keep I've brought it up a couple of times, and I'm just I'm really, really proud of everybody who's who's gone, who's taken the big step of supporting an independent creator on Kickstarter. I know that it's I know that everybody is just like, oh, I'm a small indie creator and I got a thing. But like I'm I I'm 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 so happy that so many of you have have taken that step and supported us. Oh, that makes me just all warm and fuzzy inside. <laughs> About as fuzzy as the cassette from Last Husk. <laughs> look at how adorable. Look at look at how adorable. They got all this little fur. They even got like a little hairstyle. <laughs> uh, yeah, Pippet's Pippet's character was uh, was like very clearly traumatized by the Lacertian engagements. They're very they're very explicitly not a war. Like they're not at war because if they admit that they're at war, then they then you know they they don't have this this very tense diplomatic standing with each other, right? The Lacertians and the Kassat and the Tisk, all, they all have some level of diplomatic understanding. Like there's, there's embassies in all the big cities, you know, related to each other so that they don't go to war again. Because if they go to war, they might lose to humans again. The human invasion a thousand years ago was, was really a big, uniting force for the sentient species of Islis. That one singular event caused the sentient species of Islis to band together and subjugate humanity all together. The Tisk sort of suffered the most. They, the, the beachhead for the human invasion was at their old capital called Aedlis. Uh, so there is a section of the Islis continent that you've maybe seen in the intro video where it's just off limits. There was a cataclysmic event that happened that sort of signaled the end of the human invasion and the end of the war and the beginning of humanity's subjugation at the hands of the sentient species of Islis. So the northeastern side of the continent is just kind of like off limits. <laughs> We've discussed 
exactly in what way it would be off limits. And I don't, without giving too much away, what I want to say is that there, and it's still there. You could see it with with telescopes and magnifying, ma like like magnifying lenses and 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 optics. Like you can see it; it's still over there. But the closer you get to it, the more terrified you become, and the more uh, wild your thoughts become. And if you get so far as to get lost inside, it's impossible uh, to ever find you again. So. There are things living out there, and there are creatures, but anytime someone sentient tries to get near it, they very rarely ever come back. The Tisk see this as, uh, as an admittance of, of, of sin. <laughs> they believe that you, that only happens to you if, you're, if, you're a, if you have sin in your heart. <laughs> so none of them want to admit that they actually feel that when they get close to it. The humans did get some foothold, that's right. They took over the Tisk city of New Aedlis for a little while, but there was a cataclysmic event, and it, it was just, just destroyed entirely. Uh, New Aedlis is, is, uh, is thriving, however. The Tisk are very proud to admit, proud to, uh, proud to relate that, uh, that New Aedlis is, is thriving. It's a beautiful tourism destination <laughs> in the middle of the Tarkatlas forest, high in the treetops. Gorgeous. The best city. Much better than any Kassad or Lasertian city. <laughs> so, the Kassad from Lemuret are kind of the intellectuals. The Kassad from Last Husk are kind of the, the sort of uh, frozen, frigid, northern uh, taskmaster type of Kassad. Uh, the Kassad from the capital are kind of the soldier class, right? The alt, the altless, the altless play a pretty big role in the lore. Uh, given that the 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 majority of the Kassad fighting force come from Shazal, because they're so adapted to combat, the altless have a have a pretty big place in in Isla's lore. And one of those big events, one of those big uh, in inciting incidents in, in Isla's history, specifically in Kassat history, was the discovery of a type of crystal called air crystal. Air crystal is only found in a very specific strata of, of soil. And before it was known, the, uh, the Kassat would institute big mining operations like quarries. Bellcaster used to be called something else. Now it's called Felcaster. Uh, this was a quarry at one point. There are sil like Silver Saint Mine doesn't have a road leading to it. Because when these mines discovered air crystal, the Kassat scientists from Lemuret and Shazal, they all began to study this, this type of crystal that was so unique and so just absolutely weird. It vibrates at a type of frequency that just allows you to sear flesh in the most perfect way possible, but it can also meld flesh together in extremely weird ways. So some types of creatures could become melded together, their flesh and organs and biology could become just sque squeezed together so perfectly as to become a, a brand new organism. When the mines were being uh, taken over by, by the intellectuals from Lemuret and Shasal, 
there slowly began to to become these uh to, to come out these these reports of some kind of dangerous plague the plague was something that affected the mines first and communities like reed's redoubt and silver saint and marigold and Fellcaster all immediately started becoming overwhelmed by this awful plague called the Felnir Plague. And it's a type of fungus that exists at the very same strata as this type of crystal. And the fungus appeals to the mind in a very particular way. The name Felnir Plague in ancient Is means puppet disease. And a puppet disease it is. The minds of the hosts become mere puppets to the whims and desires of this unknown organism that organizes all of the hosts to its to its to whatever flights of fancy it desires. And what it desires most is to spread. One of the ways that the Cassat would try to mitigate this infestation, this, uh, this, this plague, was to firebomb whatever city it was discovered in. So cities like Riverbow and Plumcrest and Marigold all got firebombed by the Cassat, and most of the human workforce in the Platelands was decimated because of this. And during this time, Baldwin, Baldwin Tau, the, uh, the human re uh, rebel, began to lead that big human rebellion. It was the darkest time, according to the, the royal scholars, it was the darkest time in Cassatt history. Humans were rebelling, they were leading massive rebellions, there was the Felnir Plague to worry about, and the, the, the hold that the Cassatt held over humanity was beginning to slip. So, once the Cassatt put an end to mining and put an end to human rebellions and instituted currency and, and killed Baldwin and got Reed under, under royal control. The golden era of, of design and invention began. <laughs> so technologies like sewers, technologies like uh, the harvesting of effluvium, and the production of like small effluvium motors, the Queen Song were all developed in this golden age, which is just prior to the to the player's uh, current time. Really recently in history, the spires were were developed and and built. These massive spires connect some of the big towns, the big cities, the big districts, right? in Islis, like from the capital to Lemuret, this white line represents a like a high tensile webbing that goes between Shasal and Lemuret, for instance, or Shasal and Woodhold. And what it does is it connects directly to the royal chambers in Shasal so that the queen can tap out demands and requests and whatever orders the queen has directly. But also it allows everyone else along this line to communicate in what's essentially Morse code, basically. It's instantaneous uh, communication. So human beings now have access to, to what amount to like Morse code. It's kind of that, uh, it's kind of that level of technology where 
where one of the one of the reasons to stick with the cassade is just that like now we have morse code like now we can now we can send messages to one another and we have protection from the Lassertians, and we have protection from the tisk and we have jobs and currency now why would we why would we want to rebel <laughs> Yeah. So the uh, the the Queen song it's called this these spires. The Queen song uh, is so high tensile and so vast with this special cassette filament that sometimes birds will like try to land on it and it'll just like vibrate them in half. <laughs> like it's vibrating at such a fast frequency but it's such a minute scale that birds think it's just like something they can perch on but as soon as they touch it it just like <laughs> it's just just vibrates them in half. This area up here is called the Songwood, the, area, the, 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 the forest in between Joan and Last Husk and, and Dimcrest up here. This forest is called the Songwood because the, the angle that this, that this uh, Queen Song filament, the angle that it goes from Joan to Dimcrest makes it kind of reverberate within this, within this, this cliffside out here. And so these woods kind of have a little a little ping noise like while the thing is in use. So it sounds it's like it's like a song. It's kind of like a song. <laughs> the Razmire is really fun. This is a, a temperate sort of swamp area out here. So there's a lot of swampy creatures that live out here. A lot of uh, a lot of gross mud type creatures. We haven't even begun to get into some of the awesome creatures out here in the swamp. I'm just glad we got to introduce the uh, the Western River King. That's a really fun one. You know, a Western River King really implies the existence of an Eastern River King, and I'm excited about that one too. One of the fun things about Islis that uh, that I really enjoy is the fact that in Islis, human beings are kind of are kind of an invasive species, right? Like we're an invasive species to Islis. Like we weren't meant to be here <laughs> at all. But whenever humans go to a new place in real life, whenever we go to a new place, we always bring with us other things as well. A lot of species that you may be really familiar with are actually started out as invasive species. And so when humans came to Islis, we brought an invasive species too. <laughs> Uh, we brought rabbits. And the types of rabbits that you'll find in Islis are awful. <laughs> uh, rabbits are the one type of mammal that can really that can really survive in Islis on its own because even though it gets eaten all the time, they reproduce faster than things can can kill them off. And so rabbits have like a horrible little foothold in Islis. But the other thing about rabbits is that a lot of them are, are, uh, are subterranean. And what else is subterranean other than this weird crystal called air crystal? And so a lot of rabbits are just like a little bit, are just a little bit different. They're just like a little weird. And so over time, there've just been a ton of these branches of rabbit evolution <laughs> sped along by by exposure, maybe, to this air crystal. And the types of rabbits in Islis now are, are just the worst. We have tons of rabbits. 
you guys got to meet the rascals, which are like the 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 most basic baby rabbit. <laughs> um, but one of the best parts about having tons of awful rabbits, rabbits that are rabbits that are evolved to be predators, rabbits that are evolved to be to be uh, aquatic, rabbits that are evolved to be like dangerous in other awful ways. One of the types of rabbits in Islis that's really common in this world is, uh, well, it's something we're going to talk about when we talk about Lemuret. So Lemuret is this, uh, is this university city, right? These aren't the actual names of the district. This was just placeholder names, but this is kind of the general layout of Lemuret. And, um, one of the features of Lemuret is that it was the first city to introduce things like like uh, underground sewers and one of the first cities to start experimenting with with air crystal. But it was also one of the first cities to develop uh, uh, the process to to refine effluvium. So. In Islis, there aren't any guns. There's no guns in Islis. It's very difficult to maintain like a high-powered uh, explos explosion. It's very difficult to get things to explode in Islis. Like it's possible to have a low-burning flame for a while and to heat things, but it's very difficult to get like a big explosion, a uh, big combustible explosion. And so that means that motors, as we're used to them, are very difficult for the people of Islis to to use because there's just there's there's no way to make that explosion happen however with a type of resource that is very that has a very low boiling point and a type of resource that is very volatile already and with a type of resource that is very like a very compressible fluid with all of this power packed into it, with this very low boiling point that can just burn forever, the citizens of Lemuret are able to enjoy things like gas-powered devices or special types of effluvium motors. Some people even speculate that, uh, that Lemuret scientists are experimenting with galvanics because of their research into effluvium. And effluvium is a type of resource that is refined in a very particular process. Meticulous and sort of dangerous, but one of the big uh one of the big commentaries I wanted to make with this was was that back at the turn of the century, we, you know, we used to we used to have to we used to have to harvest like whales for for whale oil, right? For whale blubber. We'd have to go out and kill a bunch of whales. Like, what what kinds of things do you think, like, Islis people could... Because <laughs> they can't go out onto the ocean. It's illegal. So there's no, there's no slaughtering some kind of big ocean creature. Instead of that, uh, there are ranches for a specific type of rabbit. And these rabbits are grown in factories and sent to the effluvium works, and the process begins. These specially bred rabbits are massive, massive creatures, huge hulking rabbits, 
and they hop all along up to the effluvium works onto the onto the auction pads and into the transfer bins and off to the juicers and <laughs> there's specialized machines that like separate the rabbit goo from the <laughs> from the fur and the skin and they process this specialized rabbit goo into effluvium and effluvium is the thing that powers like all the things that you see uh pliers use like all of the the special like gas guns and stuff that you see pliers wielding you know like the like the like the medical devices like the blow dart or whatever the gas guns and stuff a lot of the biologist stuff too is powered with effluvium and so if you get, ever have to refill it you got to go to the effluvium works to go to go refill your stuff uh I love Lemuret, and I love... One of the things I, I think I love most about Islis is the opportunity for commentary. Um, Islis is, is, a, is a messed up world, but there's a lot of parallels, and I want players to come to those on their own. So I'm very reticent to talk about those parallels, but I do like pointing out my favorites, and that's, that's one of them. <laughs> Hi, everyone. My name is Veronica Ripley. I'm the creator of Islis, uh, and I'm very happy to get to talk to you today. I know that... Today is called Episode 7. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, welcome. Thank you. Make sure to ch check us out on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash fablescraps. We'll be back to normal content next week. But we do this show every Friday at noon Pacific here at twitch.tv slash fablescraps. And if you want to check out our other content, uh, like our previous episodes or other shows entirely, be sure to check out our YouTube channel uh, as well. It's uh, fablescraps.com slash YouTube. Or you can follow us on Discord as well. Check out our Discord. We have a huge community full of, of uh, TTRPG folks, people who are interested in our shows. There's fan art. Check it out at fablescraps.com slash Discord. I want to give a big thank you to everyone who has supported us on Kickstarter. This list is on Kickstarter right now. And if you want to play it today, all you got to do is head over to fablescraps.com and then you can download the free quick play guide and play Islis at your table right now. Check out our merch store for some exclusive content called The Leftovers Podcast, where we have a little discussion with the cast after every episode and a little Q&A and stuff. Uh, and be sure to check out our merch store for all of our other stuff, too, like bowling shirts and mugs and posters. Be sure to follow the stream here and i just again thank you thank you so much for all of the support that i've seen today y'all are wonderful uh I, I can't thank you enough effluvium not effluvium it's effluvium yeah uh lemurite is great lemurite is great there's a university on this island over here this is like the university island and there's a bridge that runs from the mainland into this island. This is a big lake right here. And the bridge that runs to the university isn't necessarily meant to be like a convenience. It's more of a deterrent. <laughs> the bridge is meant to be able to be demolished should something go terribly wrong. <laughs> There's also a, a district down here called the Fleshworks, which is like the meat packing district. So we've got a, a nice little Fleshworks down here. A cultural center. We have a government embassies over here. There's some embassies for the Tisk and the Lacertians and the Kassat all have embassies right here. There's a queen song. This is the spire right here. There's like a big spire. There's an arena for games. The, uh... 
the the games of the of the continent of Islis, all the sentient species send their 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 greatest human champions every so often to go compete in these games. One of the things that brings the sentient species together. <laughs> Who doesn't love game night? <laughs> The big topic of discussion for the last episode was a was a, a parasite or a disease that was uh, unfortunately bestowed upon Domestic Dan's character. And Domestic Dan uh, does such a good job. He's such a good role player. Um, the, <laughs> the diseases and parasites table in Islis is just awful to behold. There's so much like gross stuff in there. The, the types of diseases and parasites you'll find in Islis are things that either have been there for a very long time and only, only affect humans by accident, or they're things that evolved specifically to attack humans. So occasionally, you'll find like a parasite or disease that's like really easy to contract, and occasionally you'll find a parasite or disease that has some debilitating feature, but also might confer some horrible benefit. Uh, we have a lot of these diseases and parasites in play, and I don't want to spoil them all, but I just wanted to say that I'm very proud of all of the... <laughs> all of the awful diseases and parasites we've got here. There's a ton of really cool mechanics in Islis related to medical stuff. Because it's kind of a biopunk, grimdark fantasy game, we... So, let me just explain, because I've been asked this question lots of times. What does biopunk mean in the context of Islis? And like, that's an excellent question, first of all. And second of all, one of the things that I struggle with, with other systems, is when somebody describes something as blank punk, right? Because in my mind, I think of punk as something that has a very specific connotation, and it's not just a stylistic choice. And so when I use the term biopunk in Islis, like, yes, the technology is biological in nature, but also, you play as an enemy of the state, so there's absolutely a punk element to Islis, and I want that to be reiterated and reinforced as often as possible. <laughs> so, if you enjoy the, the, the thought, the idea of being a, a type of person who exists, whose mere existence is a threat to the powers that be, if you enjoy the power fantasy of being a, a type of person who, uh, who the, the, the government is like out to get you <laughs> and you have the opportunity to like rise above that and start a rebellion and overthrow the government. If you enjoy that power fantasy or if you're the type of person who enjoys that power fantasy, um, congratulations on being queer somewhere in some way. And also, uh, be sure to check out Islis on Kickstarter. <laughs> Rage Against the Monster Machine, that's right. You don't have to be queer to enjoy Islis, but I feel like queer people get a special enjoyment out of it. <laughs> uh, there's tons of really cool stuff here. I'm just, I'm, I'm peeling through the, uh, the full game guide, and I'm just, I'm just glancing at stuff. And man, we have so much, so much cool stuff. 
orders uh the so our classes in islis the character classes like you're familiar with some of the character classes we have in the show right now like we have domestic dan's character leaf who plays a hound and we have uh a candace's character grizz plays a sycophant kind of like the 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 persuasion persuasion type class pippet chelsea bites character pippet plays as a biologist and pliers uh, Technique's character is a is, is an expert. Experts are kind of like the like the mad scientist kind of character, which which Technique just does an outstanding job at. <laughs> uh, the biologist is kind of like the kind of like the Islas equivalent of like a mage or like a like a wizard, right? They're they're kind of like a they're you generally a more hands off type of role, and they excel at at status effects like vitriols, poisons, right? Vitriols. Or um, or elixirs like potions. That's like their whole deal, uh, and being able to apply those at range is a big is a big deal for uh, for the biologists too. So uh, the hounds was something that I was really proud of. There isn't really a good equivalent to this in a in a game that you might be more familiar with, but I think what makes the hound really special and unique for Islas, the order of the hound is one that's uh, that's sort of kind of like a detective they're kind of like a private eye type character like they're good at hunting things in the lore for islis human beings excel at finding and tracking down other human beings so there are hounds there are royal hounds that just are like detectives and uh leaf plays a hound but whether leaf's background is royal or not remains to be seen i guess yeah i uh i'm i'm pretty proud of the uh the, the character classes we call them orders the very proud of the orders we have in, in Islis. There's some that we haven't seen yet, actually. There's a Scrapper. Uh, the Scrapper is kind of like sort of the Pugilist, right? Like the fighter type of character. Uh, they have some really interesting, devastating, like physical attacks that are really good. <clears throat> There's another one that's not in the, uh, in the show, but is in the Quick Play Guide called the Prowler. The Prowler is really fun. They're, they're basically... Uh, they're basically like almost sort of similar to like a rogue. Uh, they're just really good at sneaking around, really good at killing stuff. <laughs> they're really good at being at being shifty. <laughs> Extremely good. I saw Pippet as a cleric when I first saw her. Yeah, yeah, kind of like a like a battle mage. Yeah, totally. Totally. The biologist is kind of like that. Yeah. Kind of like the Islas equivalent of magic is biology, basically. So, <laughs> so yeah, I it's not that I don't that I don't find a ton of interest in magic systems, but one thing I wanted to do with Islas was to bring a little bit more uh, a little bit more science fantasy to fantasy, right? Like I wanted to bring a little bit more biological flavor because I felt like it would be a little a little more grimdark that way, you know, just in my mind. Yeah, the Prowler's really good at finding stuff that doesn't belong to them. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. If you want to check out some of the classes and some of the rules here uh, in Islis, uh, and if you want to learn a little bit more about the lore, then all you got to do is head over to fablescraps.com and check out the Quick Play Guide. You can get it for free at fablescraps.com. The link is in the Discord. The link is in chat. The link is everywhere. Just go to fablescraps.com, sign up for the newsletter, and get the free Quick Play Guide. 
Uh, we're on Kickstarter at this very moment, and I'm so proud to announce we have just passed 5K. That's so cool of you. So big thanks to everybody who supported the Kickstarter. We want to print some physical books. Uh, we're writing the quick the full game guide right now. Uh, Islas 1E. We have got so much done from this full game guide, and we're we're well on our way to completing it. So check out the Kickstarter. Big thanks to everybody who supported it. Find us on Discord. We have a huge Discord right now. It's available at this very second. You can go to the Discord. There's a TTRPG community there. Everybody's really excited about tabletop games. We have previous shows that you can take a look at. There's uh, like Loveless, the Star Trek Adventures Loveless, and Doom Lore, our 40K show. Uh, we're spinning up a few new shows here this month. I'm very excited about them. I don't want to announce too much yet, but uh, we've got a couple new shows in the works. One of them is a, is a goofy mystery show. I'll just talk about it. It's the Enigma Society. I'm very excited. So check it out. It's going to be great. I'm so excited. It's like a goofy mystery show. We've got a really fun cast, too. I'm so excited. Anyway, uh, if you've not yet done so, check out the merch store for Fable Scraps. We have brand new merch, tons of cool Islas related stuff, tons of cool Fable Scraps related stuff. And if you become a member at our merch store, then you'll gain exclusive access to the leftovers podcast I almost forgot what it was called there for a second. the leftovers podcast it's a special podcast we do at the end of every episode where we talk a little bit about the episode and we give a little q a with the with the cast and crew so check that out at merch.fablescraps.com uh i'm gonna be at pax west uh this week i'm leaving there momentarily <laughs> I'm going to go to PAX, and if you are also going to be at PAX, then be sure to hit me up. Sign up to play Islas with me. I'm going to be running a bunch of games of Islas at PAX, and I'm super excited about it, so check it out. Uh, other than that, head up to Discord, and I'll uh, I'll be there answering questions about Islas all weekend. So thanks for being here, everybody. I really appreciate it. Don't forget to follow us here at twitch.tv slash fablescraps and be sure to follow us on YouTube as well. You can find all of our VODs and previous shows on YouTube and you can find us uh, on an audio only type of platform wherever podcasts are listened to. You can find us on RSS to find access to everything else. So yeah, big thanks. Find us on social media. We'll see you all again uh, next week, Fridays at noon Pacific here at twitch.tv slash fablescraps. Have a great week, everyone. I'll see you all again next time. Take care. Uh, oh no. There it is. Bye, everyone.